Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, Cycle, Line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. It's a number. He's got a ball out of the And the one of them gets a goal back for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Hosted by Jets TV. Welcome control official podcast of the winnipeg jets coming to you from the road and i believe it was on the road last time as well uh, this is episode 15 jamie thomas alongside tyler Esquivel. we're at the wells fargo center in philadelphia not bragging uh, but the jets are on the road to uh, kick off the official second half i guess in some ways of looking at the national hockey league season the uh, player break and nhl all-star break is behind them and uh, they're getting back to business taking on the philadelphia flyers uh, tyler just uh, i mean first all-star game for you Yes. Uh, my second, and uh, just some memories, uh, and what, what impressed you the most of over the three, four days we were in San Jose? Well, first of all, what an absolute treat it was to go with a veteran of the All-Star Game in Jamie yeah, Thomas. Thank he you. did brag about it. It was his second, I, so... I've been so excited about this since the day you mentioned, <laughs> just like last year, when uh, our former boss, uh, Ryan Dittrich, mentioned we, we, I was going to the All-Star Game in Tampa Bay. First off, Tampa Bay in January is nice, and same thing with San Jose, but uh, just going back to your... Your uh, experience and uh, how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, you know, growing up, I, I you know would watch the All Star Game, but you know never get too heavily into it. Um, the Zamboni's running right now. If you are wondering what that After noise effect. is, um, yes, good sound effects yeah. here. But anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, the guys, uh, coaches. The players, they, they were all very uh, interactive. They were super open book. It was cool to see everybody sort of just letting loose, having some fun, and you know, knowing what's to come uh, in the NHL schedule. It's good to see these guys get a little bit of a relaxation time. So um, they got to spend it with their families. I know Blake Wheeler had uh, his family, young family out, um, and uh, Blake we- or, and Mark Shifley also had his, his mom and dad out. So it was really cool um, to see uh, just the guys with a smile on their face. The NHL does a great job of putting on big events like that. Uh, yeah, I had a blast. Uh, precision, precision passing was probably the most awkward drill that they have out there. You had to feel when they had to saucer pass ha- across the ice into a tiny yes. little net. And uh, there was some controversy involved in it. But, I, I mean, every other event was neat to watch. And it was certainly neat to watch precision passing. But there were moments, long stretches, where they, the players couldn't get the puck into the net. Yeah, Miko Rantanen was uh, struggling for yeah. a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I don't. I, hey, I don't think I'd be able to do that. I can't do that. I might be able to get the two close nets. Yes. That would take me about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to end up getting on my hands and knees and just throwing it in. Yeah. Blake Wheeler shaved off four seconds in the accuracy shooting contest from his time uh, in Tampa Bay last season. Mark Shifley uh, was on the puck control relay event uh, and was almost, I, like, I, think, I think Mark would have won the event. If the puck hadn't kind of rolled off him after the second, yeah, I think he'd had a great, a really good shot at it. And he said after it was, he, he didn't realize that the uh, towers, as we called them, were staggered. Yeah. So that you know, he thought he could sauce it through the low one, and then it would just skip and hit the other one. He just scoop it up, and away he went. But yeah, really impressive. I think that that was the hard, outside of the pass, the saucer pass across the ice, grabbing the puck and putting it through the tower, as they put it, where it's lit. Had to be the second hardest thing to do at, at All Star Weekend. I actually can do that, you but can. the ice has to be clean, You're right? And it has to be the first thing I do when I get out there. Yeah, there can be no snow on my stick, and there has to be some fresh wax. Well, I'm super impressed because I can't do that either. So that's clearly why I'm not an All Star, and that's why I go and cover the events. <laughs> and <Never mind. laughs> 
Not even close. There has to be some perfect circumstances <laughs> for me to be able to pull that off. Well, looking forward to St. Louis next year. Of course, not as warm in St. Louis as it is in San Jose or Tampa this time of year, but it'll be a lot of fun. And it was uh, also we should uh, be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, Paul Maurice returning to the scene of the crime of his first All Star game in 1997, uh, where he coached alongside Doug McLean. But uh, his second All Star game almost got through it undefeated as again because he had won. Uh, in 97, won the semifinal and uh, fell to the Metropolitan. So the Jets, two Jets players, Murray, or sorry, Wheeler and Shifley, did not get to share in the $1 million pot. That's okay. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure they weren't there's too a, bummed about it. There's a, well, they didn't seem like it afterwards. No. Shifley was said he's so competitive, you could tell it was burning him a little bit that they didn't win the final. I'm guessing he was probably mad for like a hot second yeah. and then realized, oh, I'm at the All-Star game yeah, and I'm having fun and <laughs> whatever. And Blake Wheeler's uh, son, Louis, was a star again. Uh, so good on media day. That was another uh, new thing this year is they had it kind of like the NFL does on their media night, uh, which uh, is tonight, by the way, in the National Football League. But they had the pod set up and actually had crowds. They, they sold tickets and people could listen in. On yeah, apparently it was just season ticket holders okay. from the, the Sharks. So I don't know if I'd be buying tickets for that. Yeah, I don't know. It was, good. It was a cool atmosphere. It was a cool way to just build it up. You know, they had uh, NHL Network set up on the stage doing interviews with a couple of the guys. And right. it sort of made for a really cool ambiance. Yeah, and for people to listen in on the interviews and what the players are saying, yep. uh, that, that was a, a neat uh, addition. And it was yeah. inside a tiny well, little theater. Yeah, so basically, uh, for those of you listening, the way they had it set up was that uh, everybody in attendance, so like the fans who were there, got these little radios that would go on their ear and yep. they could like the channel they could pick the channel and each channel was according to whichever interview pod so let's say brent burns was talking they could just tune tune into channel six and then they'd be able to listen to what brent burns is talking so the weird part about it was is you'd be interviewing some random guy and then all of a sudden there'd be this big this big cheer and you're like i have no idea what that's about but then you're like oh somebody must have said something nice about san jose yeah which they which they should have uh just to wrap the all-star chatter up it was Shout out to the city of San Jose. They have some great hockey fans down there. They were great hosts. Yes. and uh, a lot of San Jose Shark jerseys all over the place. San Jose is a very good hockey city uh, based in Northern California. So, and, 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 you know, talking with Ben Sherratt this morning, you know, that they've been, of course, around in the NHL for a very long time. So have had some success and have built up a really good fan base down there. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Paul Maurice, uh, listen, he was... Very busy, he kept telling us uh, during the All Star. Didn't do a whole lot of coaching. Uh, Blake Wheeler joked afterwards that it was uh, they were out coached in the final by the Metropolitan Division, and uh, that was a very funny comment from Blake Wheeler. Also, blame Mark Shifley for not winning enough faceoffs in the final game against the Metropolitan Division, which uh, featured Sidney Crosby, who turned out to be the All Star MVP. Uh, listen, Paul. When you sit down with him, you can talk for days with Paul. Uh, has all kinds of great stories. Uh, the, the the time that we sat down with him was went by extremely quickly. But uh, here is the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets uh, here on episode 15 of Ground Control. You're going to love this interview. 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation. This is Nikolai Ehlers. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Pleased to welcome to the podcast uh, the head coach of the Central Division All-Stars and, of course, your Winnipeg Jets, Paul Maurice. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Paul, during Media Day. Um, the team that you coached in 1997, um, there was an article 
that said of the players on that team, they combined for 21 Art Ross, 18 Hearts, 10 Norris, 11 Vesna, and 26 Stanley Cups. It's a pretty you, good team. <laughs> you talked about the photo but yeah. and at, at length yesterday, but just another memory that comes yeah. from coaching a players of that caliber at that time in your career. So the perspective on it for me now is, is probably the thing that I cherish most. I mean, I think I'm 29 years old at that mm-hmm. time. And that front row, like the big three, uh, for me, in the modern era, so I'm not talking about, you know, going back, it was just Guy Lafleur. That's the guy growing up and maybe Larry Robinson kind of in those Montreal heydays. But when you're closing into, then now hockey becomes part of your life. It's uh, Mr. Gretzky, Messier, and Lemieux, right? The three great names, and they're all in that. I was 29 years old, man. I'm like, so I'm kind of waiting for like the security guard to run over and say, hey, kid, you, you got to leave. Even though we're the same age, there's still enough fan in me then for sure and certainly even now that I got a pretty good idea that that I was just watching these two guys in Edmonton win Stanley Cups like year after year, right? Mm-hmm. That was a... It's the one piece of memorabilia that kind of makes me smile every time I walk by because you know, nobody knows that the kid in the middle was nervous as hell just to get a picture with these guys let alone being on the bench with them. You said you have that... Is it the full team photo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because Doug McLean says he has a photo that his dad found in the Toronto Sun. Uh, they had just cropped off part of the photo. So it's right. you, Doug, right. Mario, Gretzky, Messier. Yeah. yeah, so that would be the, the middle of the front three of the right. bench. So I've got the, the team picture at home. So He said he wants to get you a copy of that. That would be very, very cool. He very also cool. said that... It'd be like, who are the two guys yeah. in suits, right? Like, who are these guys? <laughs> Doug says a young man, but he yeah. wasn't that much young. He you was know, a little bit older than you were at the time. But still a big deal, right? Yeah. I, you're a hockey fan, and, and I don't, my experience maybe is different than other people. It doesn't matter how many years I'm in the league. I'm walking around here, and of the central team, I've coached five of these guys. So mm-hmm. it's not just Blake and Mark, but I had Ryan O'Reilly I had over in Magnitogorsk, Russia. We had Roman Yossi at the World Cup, and I'm missing one other guy. that uh, Oh, Nathan McKinnon at the World Championships in 2014. So, But there's still there's still some fan in me walking mm-hmm. away. See, these are the, the best players in the league. That never That's never changed for me, which is kind of neat. You still kind of pinch yourself every time you go to work going it's the national hockey league's pretty cool was michelle here with you 22 years ago uh yeah and my mom and dad right so my mom and dad came here so these are the great the great stories for me mom and mom and dad you know small town moved to sault ste marie have a bunch of kids hockey was a huge part of our lives like my dad was born in montreal so you're it's a law there right you gotta love the game and so hockey is a big deal. My, I bring my parents here. So that's 97. It's the first time that they had been on a vacation together, just the two of them, since their honeymoon. Okay. So this is a big deal, right? So we come down, and then after the game, we're having dinner, and Ray Bork and his family sit down next to us. And, like, that's a big deal for me mm-hmm. and my mom and dad. It's a big deal hearing about right? it. Right, and, and he was so nice to my parents took the time it was almost like we're colleagues right that we see each other at work every day and uh but my parents still talk about that to this day the impact that that those people have like those top end guys are so gracious so so good with fans so good with people i i just i'm a huge ray bork fan for that alone my my mom and dad just thought that was the coolest thing ever now watching these guys watch walk around today it's interesting blake wheeler mark shifley 
almost have their game faces on at all times when we're around. Right. I'm talking members of the media, so right. we're not quite sure of that other side of things. But to see Blake smiling yesterday with Louis sitting on his lap, right. Mark having a good time, how fun is it for you to watch them have fun? It's, it's, it's a different side. So everybody's relationship's different in an NHL room. I would have... I don't think closer is the right word, but because Mark and Blake are both captains, we connect a lot more often than necessarily. It's just out of logistics, how the team's going, all those things. So I do get to see them a little bit more relaxed possibly than others. Yeah. But it's fun to watch uh, them in their environment, how they move around other stars. Like What I'm hoping for for them is that they get an appreciation for how good they are. So neither one of them really came in at, you know, here's an 18-year-old superstar. Mm -hmm. And some of these young men did and deserved it. But both Mark and Blake kind of worked their way to the All-Star game. And and I hope they appreciate that fact that they're they're among the elite. Now this is Blake's second, and he probably could have been at three. So these guys now have earned the right to be part of that. But to be the, the biggest kick for me is watching Blake's kids. Right, so Louis, what six years old, looks like he's twelve, but he's now old enough to take it all in, right? To go on stage with his dad, to be in the locker room, didn't flinch at all. Right, no, this guy's a pro, right? He's he's (laughs) a pure media pro at six. (laughs) What a memory for him! And I gotta think, you know, we're most of us are dads, a lot of us here, and and there's a big kick out of seeing your kid take in something like that and enjoy it. What? uh, A quick note on either or both players here. What has stood up for you and Blake this year uh, that may be amongst all the other memories you have and, and superlatives you can think of with Blake? Yeah, so the one that just keeps driving is that is that consistency. The, uh, maybe the other one, too, would be the amount of the number of injuries he's played with, right, that you can't tell. So mm-hmm. I don't have to go to the media and tell anybody that he's hurt because you can't see it on the ice, but we're been a bunch of stretches now we're checking with the doc every day kind of can he play does he he says he's playing and that's usually the end of that argument right he's he's a he's a grinding tough tough hockey player but consistent with it you know the nights that he's not at the game that he wants to be at he finds a a way to kind of re-energize refocus and and be really strong again mark the same thing like uh, he's 100% healthy now, but he got banged up just before in the Pittsburgh game uh, at the end of the month and to the point we're not sure whether he's going to be in the lineup or not. And then 22 points in, all, in his next 11 games, right? That There's a threshold, I think, in the net. And it, like, we don't like players playing injured, but but everybody plays with something. And as they get older and more mature, they're, I mean, maybe it's just experience. They're more capable of getting through it, but not just getting through it, performing. And kind of both those guys, with the injuries they've had over the last two years, have elevated their play at the times they were hurt. Uh, that's a real impressive sign of maturity. You hear the term dog days of summer for baseball. What right. are the dog days of summer or dog days of winter, I guess, in the NHL, a long NHL season? You know what's funny about that? It's it's that's earned. So I'll try not to take up too much time. Yeah, there, you can. But 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 when you're a team, and I, I'm careful with this, how mm. good we think we are. But when you're a team that right from the get go knows that they're going to be fighting for a playoff point, there really aren't any. Do- Every day is a dog day. It's a, you got to be on. But if you're, it's real. If you're a team that's even when they're not playing well, is going to win some games. You get into that kind of grind of there's not the same driving urgency. 
that might be the thing to this point that I'm most pleased with our hockey team. Like we haven't had our feet to the fire all year mm-hmm. uh, as those teams that are four or five points out of the playoffs right now, but we still managed to, to have a pretty consistent run. Even with the key guys out of our lineup, we haven't, and I'm, I'm absolutely knocking on wood when I say this, we haven't had that really tough run where uh, we really struggled with our game. If we, There's been games we haven't liked, as there are with every NHL team, but our bounce back's been really strong and pretty consistent. We'll have that challenge again. So when you look at us coming out of the break now, uh, we're going into Philly, into Boston, got Columbus. So we've got a hard run of games, and I don't think based on early reports that we're going to have anybody back for that for that philly boston we'll be really careful with that because Mm -hmm. they've had some time off they are back skating now but it's going to be a while probably closer to a week before we start seeing these guys come back you mentioned numerous times and it's you have to uh, how young this hockey club is yeah how impressive or how pleased are you with the younger guys like the appletons the lemuse right it's the nikus so really pleased um, from an angry point of view, if that makes any sense. So here, here's how this works for me. When you take a step back and you say, okay, where was this guy a year ago, uh, two years ago? And, and I got I hope people understand how good Pascal Vincent is. He mm. doesn't have a deep team there with the Moose, and he continually uh, really grinds out better prepared players than Cal Connors. If you spend time with the Moose, you're a better player when you come out. So I'm pleased when I look back and say okay here's where we are and when i meant from an angry point of view when you feel that you're in the ballpark of being a good enough team you want more out of them right they're capable of more the whole group we think is capable of more and it's not out of laziness that they're not it's it's age mm-hmm. right they they that the, so we talked about mark shifley and blake wheeler and and what they're what they're able to perform with the injuries there there's a maturity and a hardness that comes to that. these these a lot of these young guys don't have that yet mm-hmm. it's not a character flaw they just aren't they haven't been tested enough and and uh in the fire enough to be that strong but we're getting better so i i'm, I'm really pleased overall exceptionally pleased to be this young in the central and, and be doing okay except we're not trying to we're not trying to peak four years from now, right? We think we're in the ballpark. We're in the. There's ten teams, I think, that are um, powerful. That all of them could win. We'd like to think we're of those ten teams, and then that means, well, if you're good enough to win, then you should, right? So yeah. That's the the driver for us now. So you think that everybody's handling the expectations that are surrounding this hockey club very well? I think we're handling it really well. Overall, I think everybody deals with it. We'll take a look at, you know, Patty Line. He's got 25 goals as a 20-year-old. And mm-hmm. there's the questions, and you see Austin Matthews going through the same thing. This is so totally normal. And if it wasn't, like, what, what's our – he's going to score 90, 120? Mm-hmm. Just so I think he's, we're handling it well. He's handling it well. It's not going to be easy, right? It, it never is easy, but we're handling it right. Uh, taking some questions, or one question from – I guess our fans in some ways, and I got a question here from a Dennis B. No, I an up and coming broadcaster. Yeah. You may have heard of Keeps him. Um, he wants grindstone. to know who the best play by play guy in the NHL is. Well, that one's easy, right? <laughs> so, what's the? My wife uh, can only listen to him do the games, and she uh, told me about this. Yeah, She's very no, passionate about it. Very serious. Uh, not just because she, she it's soothing for, her, but it's it's there's a superstition involved, right? So, right. The, I don't. Uh, I rarely, as a better way, listen to the broadcast. So when I'm when I'm doing the video, I have the audio off it so mm-hmm. I can concentrate on what's happening on the ice. If not, I end up either mentally arguing with the guy. If I'm doing the road feed, what the hell is this guy talking about? I'm not doing my job or watching it anymore. 
But Dennis, you know what? He's the he, he's a perfect Canadian broadcaster. So clearly, he has what he has is an awareness of what's going on with the Jets. And and uh, like you, uh, I trust Dennis. So I'll tell Dennis more. I'll tell you more than I mm-hmm. would tell the standard pool. Not that I don't trust those other, but I I know that he's going to use the information to make his product better, not to scoop anybody. So I trust the guy. So I tell him more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, but but if we're not good, he, he doesn't he doesn't you know drive a spike into anybody. He's not trying to get ratings. He, he's trying to tell you the story of what's going on. I think Kevin does a wonderful job as well. They're a great great pair. Um, but if I'm listening to somebody, I want to listen to him because he calls the game the way I want it called in my head. Right when I'm watching video, there's a there's a monologue running in my head about what's happening yeah. on the screen. Dennis matches that very well. Bob Cole's going to be making it as one of his last appearances wow. in Winnipeg in March. I just wondered your thoughts. Is he one of the broadcasters that you kind of think stand out? And having been a broadcaster in your time, yeah, briefly, right? Yeah, and, and there's a good reason for the brief, the brevity there, right? There's a talent to it. There's a skill to it, and it's not an easy job to do. Again, I'm finicky about. To, you know, Mr. Cole would be somebody that I would listen to. Mm-hmm. So if we're not playing, I'll, there's I'll, not many misters right out there right now. Right? Well, yeah. so this isn't too far off from my whole all-star experience, right? I got into this league very, very young. So like Bob Cole is doing games. So Danny Gallivan out of Montreal would have been one of the first guys that yeah. I remember. And then it was, of course. then it was Mr. Cole and Bob's great, right? He'll come down and talk to you. And I'm still kind of getting a kick out of the fact, like, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Cole, but like I was on my couch when I was seven listening to you do the game. You're an NHL star to me, right? Mm-hmm. That he's in the NHL, right? That's the, what goes through your head. So he's been wonderful. Uh, uh, the things that mark your life, right? Bob Cole calling hockey games. I watched hockey, right? Like you, since mm-hmm. we were three years old, you're in front of a TV, and that that voice that comes over that that matches the video. It's a, an important part of how you remember the game. One last one for you. It's kind of light in some ways. Uh, Shifley and Wheeler, I assume, are playing together on Saturday. Yeah. I know I should never assume in this business, and you like to point that out every once in a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, is there someone you have that will fit in with those two? Should they end up playing together on Saturday? I don't know. You know have they know been what? asking? I had a plan. Yeah. Uh, we've had a little bit of fun with it. They both, you know, kind of divorced each other at different times. If a pass didn't go right in practice, I don't want to play with him at the All-Star game, that kind of stuff. We yeah. just laughed it off a bit. Um, not 100% sure if Nathan McKinnon's going to be a player for us, so that will change some things up. So the original, idea, all I had was we keep the band together, right? If there were three guys from Colorado, we'd run them together. Mark and Blake would go, and then I thought the young defenseman would be right, just for the some of the young guys going to give the puck to the old guys. So... So um, we could put the young fellow from uh, skin and from from Dallas with the two Ooh. of them, and because he could skate, but he's a lefty, and he'll give two righties the puck. They'd be happy with that, and that would leave you with you know you've got Ryan O'Reilly, uh, the best faceoff man in the National Hockey League. Patrick Kane's got his eighth. Roman Yossi won't mind getting up the ice, and then I'll just you know play play Roman about every single minute I possibly can. See if I get Pekka Rene in the entire time and Roman Yossi will play every minute. Sure, it's fun hearing those names. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, you've earned this right, and uh, thank you for doing this. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Enjoy your weekend as well. Watch it. Scores! Damn. Oh, what a save by Connor Hellman. Rise. Blake Wheeler. 
All Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale. Choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Great interview from the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Paul Maurice. Uh, was very relaxed at the All-Star game, as were uh, the two other players, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Oh, looking forward to it again, as I mentioned, uh, next year which will be in St. Louis. Take care of some business, uh, as we always do in the uh, last portion of Ground Control. Uh, it is time now to reward you with an opportunity to get 50 Jets reward points. Go to jetsrewards.ca, type in the word home ice, which is ironic because it's not home ice for the Winnipeg Jets as we record this podcast right now. Uh, the Jets are taking on the Philadelphia Flyers Monday night here at Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Tyler, as we get into the second half, um, what are you looking forward to seeing from the Jets uh, as we get down the stretch run here? Now, now it starts to get real, right? We're at the we're at the end of January, early part of February. Trade deadlines coming up at the end of at the end of February. Now it gets real. Stretch run here to uh, solidify a playoff spot and your uh, your spot in the playoffs. Absolutely, I think you just said it right there. This is it starts to get real. It starts to feel real. Not that the stuff in the games that happened prior to the uh, All-Star and player break, you know, isn't valuable, but now this is where, you know, teams are making their push for the playoffs. Games start to get a little bit heavier. Teams start to clamp down defensively, I think a little bit more. Uh, I I just hope the Jets can pick up where they left off. Uh, obviously a little bit of a blip there in Dallas, but you know, they were on a heck of a run, so um, great opportunity against the Flyers on Monday night and then on Tuesday against the Boston Bruins. Uh, just I'm excited. Like I just every time I kind of get a little down or whatnot, I just think about the playoff series that we went through last year and how exciting it was, and just the emotions that run through you during that time. And it's coming. Yeah, speaking with Ben Sherratt just moments before we started recording, he was uh, sounding all excited about the the spring coming. Right? I mean, it's, it's pretty cold right now back home, and uh, as still we all will know, be for a while. Yes, uh, we we have a bit here. We have to survive February. Uh, Jets fans hang in there. Some uh, home games coming up in the in the month of February. Of course, there's a game on Thursday, the final game of January. But it's going to get warm here soon, and that just means the playoffs are around the corner. So it was really neat to hear Ben talk about last year, last uh, spring's experience of the playoffs. As it slowly starts to get warmer and warmer in the city of Winnipeg, that means you're getting further and further in the playoffs. Yeah, it, uh, I know. During the uh, the Vegas series, it was nice outside. The street parties were buzzing, so I'm sure those will be a thing again. Uh, Hopefully, so lots to look forward to for the Winnipeg Jets in the National Hockey League season. Uh, here's what I'm looking forward to is just seeing more of Lauren Bressois. Getting the start tonight in Philadelphia uh, has yet to lose in regulation uh, as Connor Hellebuck's backup. And the opportunity, because of how busy the Jets' schedule is, Paul Maurice has alluded to the fact that Bressois is going to get some more starts. And that can only be a good thing because of how many games Connor Hellebuck played last year. I'm not saying at all that he had any type of fatigue in the playoffs, but if he is more well-rested uh, when the playoffs start, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, the, the one thing that I thought was really interesting that was said yesterday after practice was that the guys were talk, we were talking, everybody was sort of talking about Lauren getting the start and, you know, what that means for the team. And they all admitted, or most of them did, that, you know, this is the first time we've actually had good and reliable backup goaltending up mm-hmm. to this point. So that's to me, that's just a mental thing. You know, not that the guys that we've had in the past weren't good enough, and I think they definitely were. Steve Mason had a bit of a tough draw um, with injuries and and whatnot, but you know, just to have somebody who's back there and that's reliable can only mean good things. And also takes off some of the heat of 
on on Connor Hellebuck as well. Now he, of course, like any goaltender, wants to play every single game, but the fact that he can reset mentally when when he's not playing uh, can only mean good things. And, and it's been proven. Like Braden Holpe took a lot of the load for the Washington Capitals over the years, and last year for him to have the break that he did. Um, not playing as many games, I believe it was just over 60. He was well rested when the playoffs started, and you looked at what what's happening. And you go around the NHL. Mark Andre Fleury has probably started almost every single game, and I'm being dramatic here at this point because he hasn't. But he's played a lot of hockey for the Vegas Golden Knights to get them back into the playoff picture. Uh, and if his, this continues down this path, you know you can only think that wears him down towards the end. We've seen it before. We've seen goaltenders play 70 games. And it's not a good thing when the playoffs start, especially when you're going to play 20 to 25 if you want to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, the interesting part about both those guys you mentioned is Philip Grubauer started for the Capitals in the playoffs. First two games. And then if you look at the career of Marc-Andre Fleury, he's also had a lot of help in the backup department. So, I mean, with Matt Murray in Pittsburgh there. And both those goalies have had the opportunities to have rest. Now, last season, Fleury was a... I guess afforded some injury time break, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and you know as we all know the story of the Vegas Golden Knights last season and their goaltending in the first half. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, some rest for Connor Hellebuck. I can't imagine will do him any harm. One of the questions I heard to ask to Blake Wheeler at the All Star Weekend was about the wet willy that he received from Mark Andre Fleury, and if he'd forgiven Mark Andre Fleury since then. It's been a long time. I think Blake's let that go. Yeah, if I think it's dried. If we know the captain as well as I think we do, uh, so that 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 uh, conversation has dried up. Um, listen, now we get to watch Wheeler and Shifley coming off the All Star break, uh, refreshed. Now the lineup is very similar to what we saw in Dallas, and of course Nashville, where the Jets uh, played very good in Nashville. Uh, kind of got towards the end of the break, had a great third period in Dallas, but uh, this team starting to get healthier. Uh, getting closer and closer to seeing Dustin Bufflin return to the lineup. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers is uh, coming around the corner in the month of February at some point. So they're getting healthier. Absolutely. And, and that's been the, the, the one thing they've been fortunate about. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore because we all know about how we all feel about this when you start getting into the I word with people. Well, and then we should probably just go. They're, they're tired of us. Who is? Who could possibly the be listeners. tired of us? As if. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. Uh, the Jets are about to get on the ice for uh, their morning skate ahead of their game against the Philadelphia Flyers. As always, we appreciate you listening and, and downloading this podcast, and I hope you continue to do so. And uh, many thanks to Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, for his interview in San Jose at the All-Star Game. On behalf of Tyler Escoval, I'm Jamie Thomas. Thanks for listening to Ground Control. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.